Assalamu alaikum guys and welcome back to another episode of The Word Affairs. I hope you're all having a decent week. Um, I feel like this week has been really strange because it feels like it's gone by fast but at the same time like I got so much done during this week and happily enough like it was all to do pretty much with family like I had some works related stuff but then like it was mostly spent with family and I'm really really happy about that because I think as you get older um you know you you start to um prioritize other aspects of your life for example work because you know that to survive you need money and to get money you need to work and all of that type of stuff but um I think that taking a break away from that and spending a lot of time with family makes you realize what's really important in life and what's pivotal to your survival essentially and I think it relates back to the concept of having a good um, support system and for most people that support system is like their friends and their family and I think that we should all like take a second to be grateful for that because sadly there are still people out there who may not be able to say the same and that also goes for you know um people who've who've sadly had their family taken away from them for example like the people in palestine um the palestinians who have like literally babies who are sole survivors of their families or genetic drift being caused where entire families have been wiped off the registry because literally like no one survives or there is no one left surviving of that family or family tree um, but also um people who are going through traumas and um issues in in the normal kind of like um you know non-survival modes so you've got people who've got very difficult relationships with their families who are struggling because um they just don't have a good bond they're not well understood there's a lot of attention um and sometimes ptsd can arise from that as well so i think it's a sad thing of being grateful for the little things and we've spoke about that quite a fair amount of times on this podcast um and i did do a very good episode on that actually a while ago um so if you do want to check that out you can do it's on the word affairs um and just to let you know i don't know if many people know this but you can listen to the episodes on spotify and apple podcasts but they are available pretty much everywhere else as well so you've got like deezer you've got um google music you've even got the website www.thewordaffairs.co.uk and if you ever want to check other stuff out you can go onto the instagram and tiktok page i will be honest i don't upload on the tiktok page anymore um but let's see if i can kind of like allow that to happen again i'm not entirely sure um but yeah instagram is probably where i'm most active um more most active yeah i'd say that um but yeah check that out and if you want to send a message of a heartfelt um appreciation towards the podcast please 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 review and leave a rating on the podcast on spotify and on apple Podcasts. it would massively help and it just really really helps to reinforce a positive message and also also what what does the word also mean also show um what you guys actually think of it so yeah anyways um talking about the little things and being grateful of them today i wanted to sit down and have a conversation with you guys probably a little smaller than the usual episodes we've done first of all i just want to say that recently i did an episode on um palestine and um it is called palestine will be free um and why it matters so much to the muslims and i just want to say a massive thank you again for the amount of um appreciation you guys showed towards the episode but also um just how 
valuable you found it and another thing I wanted to mention is although that I am like still uploading podcast episodes um I am not going to be completely stopping talking about Palestine um and there is something that I just want to bring up regarding that I know that that can be quite difficult um for people like us when I say people like us now just hear me out I'm not trying to play like a victim mindset here nothing like that when I say it can be difficult for people like us what I mean by that is sadly it's so so atrocious the fact that we live in a first world western country I am from the UK I know that I've got a lot of listeners from um, the US from Canada from Germany from France even um and many many other countries and I know that in the position that we're sadly put in where we're living in a country that's absolutely quite frankly pathetic and that sounds like a very strong opinion and it is and I'll tell you why because every single weekend you've got a Saturday you've got a Sunday pretty much every single weekend now for the past three four consecutive weeks perhaps even longer we've had rallies we've had protests we've had marches where the media decides to falsely report incorrect figures like for example the march that took place I think last week in London and about 500,000 people um marched for it i think it might have been the week before actually but the media decided to report that and specifically bbc support decided to um report that as a hundred thousand people only that is a massive um (laughs) incorrect figure first of all big difference there but secondly um it just reinforces the point that we are and i'm not talking about muslims here this isn't a muslim thing we as civilians who are fighting for the cause of justice, who are standing in the face of humanity and are demanding a ceasefire and are demanding an end to this and are demanding for um, the so-called state of Israel to be um, held accountable for the war crimes they are committing on a daily basis for example like using white phosphorus which has been banned internationally um, we are stood here in this country absolutely protesting and demanding for all of this yet the people who lead this country so-called leaders because quite frankly they're not doing a very good job of it are actually ignoring us and they then try to push down this narrative that oh um well we're supporting israel or we're we're sending aid to israel oh we we believe that israel has a right to defend themselves yet we are sending humanitarian aid to gaza that does not make sense because you've got you you're saying this as your country as a representative of your country yet you're representing inaccurately because the people who live in your country actually think opposite to that they want a ceasefire and they want justice and they want they are demanding for it and honestly it's, it's actually it's actually crazy the fact that we are in today's day and age having to even protest about this in the first place the minute it started it should have been stopped and if you sometimes think to yourself what would i have done during the holocaust what would i have done during 1945 if i was there well this is what you would have done and yet we still have leaders we still have politicians who try to um say that you know oh no that's wrong you know we're gonna support israel only because quite frankly they've got their own personal interests lying in that country fake country um so what i'm trying to say is the point i'm trying to make at the beginning was it's very difficult because then we are trying to be silenced we people like us are trying to be silenced and again when i refer to people like us i'm not talking about muslims i'm not talking about an ethnic community i'm talking about the people who fight for the justice so that includes muslims that includes christians that includes jews that includes um 
atheists that includes the people who want to protest for peace that includes if you're talking about ethnic communities the pakistanis the indians the arabs the um caucasian people the, you're talking about uh, nationalities the irish the irish big up to them because oh my god big up to them i have never had more respect for that country than in this current time i honestly like my heart swells every time when i think about them because they know how it feels and on top of that they are not backing down and they are doing essentially what england failed to do and you have got countries and nationalities like the scottish who have now decided and actually declared um that they will be making way for uh, Gaza in terms of like the Palestinian children to come here as refugees. Um, and that is something that they are basically, they have um, proposed. Um, but it comes down to the point that when we've you've got people like us who try to speak up, you get silenced. And an example of this I saw recently at um, on social media was, um, was a guy who... Um, he works as a steward for Manchester United uh, stadiums. I think it might be at Old Trafford. I'm not the w- most well-versed regarding football. Um, but he tweeted about how, because people were complaining and saying like, oh, well, it's not fair how we can take in different flags to raise um, during a match and we can take in different you know, um, slogans and speech. But then when we want to talk about Palestine and we want to raise the flag of Palestine, it becomes inaccurate or false like how's that fair so um he actually replied back to this and he actually tweeted and said that if anybody actually um is being stopped by um is being stopped from raising the flag of palestine and is um, being stopped from saying free palestine um come and see me i'm a steward and i work at this um section of the stadium and then a few hours later he just tweeted um a screenshot of an email that he received from the company that he works for at old trafford saying that you know he's no longer needed for work and he needs to like hand stuff in and he just literally replied saying lol and you know what's the beautiful thing about that as well guys you know the most beautiful thing about our communities is when he tweeted that the first thing that people started saying was like get this guy a job can anyone uh, find him a good um place to make a living like let's sort this out let's not let him go um you know um let, let's not let him have a negative effect because of this and that was really 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 like supportive and it's in in a sense like invigorating because it's not even a word invigorating invigorating that's what it was i just said it wrong but the point is that that is what i mean when i say it does get difficult because you're trying to campaign and you're trying to use your platforms and you're trying to speak up up about all of this and then you've got the 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 narrative once again trying to silence you and trying to force you down so what i mean and why i've brought this all up in this long spiel of words is that i will not stop talking about palestine and i will not stop talking about the recent updates and what we can do and 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 having just a heart-to-heart conversation with you guys about it i will not stop doing that but at the same time I find it so hard to like post natural normal content even on the podcast like I find it really really hard because I think to myself like oh it's it's it feels somewhat like um I don't want to use the word insensitive insensitive would be me absolutely posting my normal content every single day um and then not saying anything about Palestine that would be insensitive but what I mean is I find it somewhat almost of a guilt trip because I'm like oh I feel really guilty for the fact that I can post my normal content and yet 
this is happening right here right now so I feel like I have to use every single minute that I get on this podcast to talk about it yet at the same time I've really reflected upon this and I thought to myself no I need to find a healthy balance because I can do standalone episodes and that's fantastic and I will continue to do those yet at the same time I'm never gonna stop talking about it so I'm always gonna try to find a balance because I also understand that there's so much that this podcast provides to people and so much insight um on on normal everyday matters that you guys look forward to as well and so I thought I'd make a healthy combination of the two and and I kind of like promote that forward and that is what I will inshallah continue to do um for as long as I possibly can do and um I really pray that we can all come together and understand that and also I can pray I pray that we can basically never stop talking about Palestine and never stop talking about Gaza the open air prison um that has essentially been established to keep all of these millions of Palestine um inhabitants essentially in just absolutely trapped um so yeah i i just wanted to come on here and say that before we get into it and i hope that that made sense and i didn't mumble my words once again so i was recently having a conversation with a close friend and who by the way is literally waiting for me to upload this episode and i keep getting a message um being like can't we listen can't wait to listen to the episode can't wait to listen to the episode and i'm like oh god the pressure's on um but no thank you very much for the uh support and the holding me accountable kind of like era um but yeah so i was um having a conversation recently and um we were talking about the concept of how trying so hard and like waiting for that moment when it finally hits like oh we've done enough kind of like never really comes and the reason for that is because we are always 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 wanting to do even better than what we have currently and this kind of like related into the sense of like academia per se because I was talking about an assignment that I was completing and how I said um do you know what like I honestly don't really um, and this was by the way like an like an old assignment now and I was talking about how I didn't really wish for the highest grade the best grade in the class anymore um, and the reason for that was because I just wanted to pass like it got to a point where I honestly was just like oh you know what like I am exhausted from all of this and I'm exhausted from having to do this all the time and when I compare that to old me old me would have been like no that is not good enough like I want the best grade possible and so I would put myself um through hours and hours of like writing this up and making sure it's even better and kind of like obsessing over it but also doubting my own um intelligence and so when the results would actually come in and when I got my my grade back I would initially feel happy seeing my grade but then I would do this horrible thing of comparing it and I'd be like no but it's not it wasn't the highest it wasn't the best or I could have got better because they got better and therefore it's not good enough because it wasn't better and it's that constant um narrative that I was kind of like forcing down myself if anything and I look back to that and I think to myself why why did I do that because it it's first of all it's it's not a nice feeling to doubt yourself constantly and make yourself not feel good if you look at that conversation or not even conversation but essential internal dialogue I was having with myself about that you'll see that it is incredibly unhealthy it is incredibly obsessive and it is incredibly um negative in an in a sense 
because when I really think about it why on earth was I telling myself who by the way like I was I was much younger um and I was in a totally different place so why was I telling myself like oh this isn't good enough this doesn't make sense like you know you should be doing much much better you should be uh getting much better grades and stuff like that and it's really sad if anything that I was telling myself when in reality the grades I had were absolutely outstanding and and now looking back at it I'm, I'm sad and I feel really guilty for not giving myself enough credit regarding that and what I did instead was always tell myself mm, but I could do much better like even at university when I'd get like above 70% on my assignments which were like a first class grade I wasn't happy because I was like yeah I know like 74% is a first class but why can't I get 80% and it was just like what difference is that going to make to your grade because you've still got a first class whether it's 74% whether it's 80 whether it's 70% it's still a first class grade yet I kept telling myself no 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 I want a higher percentage I want a higher percentage and I was essentially so fixated on this now when I realized that this really doesn't matter is essentially when I got my um final degree grade so for those of you who don't know I studied biomedicine at university for my undergraduate and I was awarded a first class degree for that but it was really kind of like anticlimactic is the fact that I I did it essentially half of it in in COVID lockdown and um I spent so long over my assignments and my dissertation and I was really really happy with the grade I got in fact I was over the moon um But at the same time, it was coming to a point where at the end, I was just like, you know what, even if I don't get a first class, like I'm actually okay with that. And I would tell that to myself, but then subconsciously, I'd be beating myself up over it. And I just thought to myself, what is wrong with me? That is just so not fair. Like it's so not fair on me. And then when it really, like when the penny really dropped was the fact that I then went on to progress and and, like study postgrad and I realized, oh, it doesn't really matter what grade you get because you're literally essentially having to start from the bottom again when you go to postgrad like yes whatever you learn forms like a foundation yet at the same time the content that you're learning is brand new and you're really having to focus on that and so that's your priority and then number two is that there's people from all sorts of backgrounds that come in to study at postgraduate level and they won't have first classes or they won't have a degree in biomedicine so why on earth was I absolutely like forcing myself to to achieve this and and let me just clarify that as well like there is a there is an alternative contrasting side to this there's one thing I do have to say regarding this and it's the fact that although I did beat up you know beat myself up on it or I did think to myself like I have to get the highest grade or something like that I did enjoy it like it (laughs) it was that academic validation I loved it I loved 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 chasing academic validation for me like I enjoyed it so much I enjoyed doing my assignments believe it or not I actually did I I loved at that time I loved doing my assignments I loved seeing the final product and seeing my academic writing I just loved it so much it literally used to flow off the pages and I really enjoyed that I enjoyed taking time I enjoyed looking at the results I enjoyed searching up the literature I enjoyed all of that I loved academic validation so in that era when I was 
you know, constantly telling myself I've got to get the best grade and stuff like that. Yes, it was a way of making myself feel guilty or having a lot of pressure on myself. But at the same time, I enjoyed it. And I, I, it's, it's a really weird, bizarre feeling. But I feel like a lot of people who are at university or who have not even uni, but like maybe even college, or even high school, you will understand how that feels if you take it seriously. Like when I look back to myself in university, God, like all I wanted to do was study. All I wanted to do was, you know, do my assignments I wanted. And I and I used to be that student who started them early and I um I, I used to like taking a lot of time on it and I really liked formatting them, all of that. I did all of that and I really enjoyed that. Um and so whilst I was chasing academic validation or whilst I was forcing myself in a way to be like oh no I've got to get the best grade and all of that yes I admit that was not healthy but it gave me huge satisfaction so it was a real narcissistic relationship I had with it honestly it was very very uh toxic but like god I loved it <laughs> um but yeah I I absolutely loved it and um now I reflect back on that and now it's got to a point where afterwards you know when you you do a bit of post-reflection you think to yourself was that really the best way to conduct yourself and perhaps the answer would be no yet if you enjoyed it at that time it's not entirely negative but if I could go back perhaps what I would have done was literally just live my life a little bit more um yet now obviously the way I am now and, and the, the person I am now I honestly I've, I'm, I'm that person now where I would put my mental health before anything and it feels really weird to even say that because I know that I never used to be that person I never used to be that person I would um really sacrifice how I felt and how I um you know um viewed things I would sacrifice how I feel good about stuff just for the sake of um you know how I performed in certain things I always wanted to be the best and I wanted to achieve the best and I wanted to achieve the bigger picture and then later on when I finished university when I went out into the real world when I went out into the work world I realized oh that doesn't really matter at all it doesn't matter one bit and that's completely fine um and so I would be lying if I said right now oh yeah like when I do good on something and you know I I, I I see that I don't feel happy like I would be lying if I said that of course we do it's only human but at the same time I now now I would not push or force myself to be achieving the best of the best no that that part of me is gone that part of me does not exist as much anymore um and actually I would actually go as far to say it's actually manifested in different ways and I'll explain what I mean by that so now instead of putting um my absolute like my best into things that don't like phase me anymore I put my best into things that I really want to do so let me just break it down for you when I was in university the that what I really wanted to do was get the best grades right so I put my best into it and I wanted the best of the best now was that a bit toxic yes it was did it make me happy yeah it kind of did did it also make me guilty yes it did so it was really really weird it was a real narcissistic mix okay but now that type of stuff is not where like my absolute need and desire lies because now I don't crave academic validation anymore now I don't I don't seek it out like that anymore it just doesn't do it for me like it used to so now I know that I don't want the best grades in the class like I don't want the best you know um 
the best of the best like and, and to be fair I'm not even in that position anymore um but now the things that I really, really like doing like I'll put my absolute best into them so for example um something as small as decorating I really really like decorating I really like interior design like I'm not the best at it I'm not gonna lie so um when I do do it I want it to be absolutely amazing and perfect for example like when I'm helping out with houses or like say for example like when we did our house up like that like I'll help I'd like personal touches I cannot take the credit for it because it wasn't even all of my ideas but that is like for example where my passion lies so i'm like okay cool like i'm gonna do my best in that another one would be like in terms of like decorating and surprises i love that so i'm like okay like i want it to be the best and i'm gonna make it the best um and that is essentially like what i love doing so now that's where i want to be the best however i'm not gonna let it cost me my mental health if it's really really like stressing me out and pressuring me and all of that i'm not gonna do it whereas before i would not care i wouldn't care about how i felt i wouldn't care about you know what it made me feel like i I didn't care so i would just go with the flow and i would just like no like i need to do this i need to achieve this and i think as well it comes back to appreciating the little things as well when we talk about um you know wanting to push ourselves and wanting to overachieve constantly and be hard on ourselves we're trying to do it in a way that like we're not satisfied almost almost as if we're not satisfied with what we currently have and I know that because that's what I was doing when I was in that time and I really wanted the best grades for example I was not happy with what I had I wasn't happy with what's presented in front of me and so I constantly felt like I I had this need to prove myself and then to overachieve and that would then somehow make it okay like that would satisfy me yeah I wasn't satisfied with what was in front of me now change that later on to actually realizing that that stuff doesn't really matter in life and I think that it takes us a while to to finally get to that mindset and it's a it's a power conflict because you may feel it one day and then the next day you're like oh yeah like I'm back to wanting more than what I have but when you really realize that like that is when it it hits you and you're like oh you know I I don't want to always constantly have the biggest best thing in life anymore like I'm happy with what I have and once you achieve that it really does change and revolutionize things for you and you're not constantly wanting the latest newest model of something you're happy with what you have a lot of it comes down to materialism now I'm a girl okay and I love my nice things I love my nice things I love my pretty things I love my happy little things I love that I love um spending hours like window shopping I love that I love um little cute thoughtful presents I love flowers um I love all of that stuff I love the little things like like jewelry that's my favorite stuff um and bags I love bags and and all of that type of stuff right I love going clothes shopping um but at the same time I'm not going to affect my mental health over it. So for example, the smallest way I can think of this is when you talk about jewellery, that's like the, let's talk about that as an example because that's what I like. And when we talk about jewellery, there are obviously certain jewellery brands that are very, very expensive. Um, So for example, I'm talking about your classic designer brands. I'm talking about um, 
you know, your your high-end ones. Now, I could look at that and be like, I want this and I must do anything I possibly can to get this. And so once I've got it, I will feel that happiness. But then after a while, it's going to fade because that is just what the human mind is like. And then I'll be looking for the next thing. And so now I've gone through all of this effort to get that thing. I may have put myself in debt to get it, but I didn't care because once I got it, I'm happy now. But then that's not, that happiness is not gonna last. It's temporary happiness. And instead what I could do is well I you know the point is I love jewelry this is what we forget whether it's high-end jewelry whether it's um you know normal jewelry it's still jewelry like you're still going to like it because it's jewelry that is where your passion lies that's what you love so why exhaust yourself to get something that you can't afford um and then like make yourself really miserable over it if I know that my budget does not hold that value to get something that's really high value and high end I'm not gonna force myself to get it for example Birkins right Birkin bag is made by Hermes and it is one of the it's a crazy bag because the style was actually founded upon um the fact that the designer of Hermes was on a plane journey one day and he was sat next to Jean Birkin and she was complaining about her bag because um it was just really annoying and bulky and it just doesn't hold everything that she wants it to hold and you know he had a conversation with her and he, she they, they got onto the topic of uh, bags and she showed him a design that she thought well if I had a bag like this it would made win it'd be it, it makes sense it would work and he took that upon himself and created the Birkin bag and initially I think it was like in the 1990s perhaps that was when the Birkin bag actually set off like in trend it was actually before that but I think it was a pro- maybe I could be wrong but 1995 I, I think I could be very wrong about that but yeah it was around that time when they started to become really big a Birkin bag is actually classified now as a huge investment bigger than stocks so a Birkin bag is a great investment if someone buys you a Birkin bag it's like oh wow like that is incredibly crazy and they're obviously in the thousands but it's one of those what holds its value and it's uh, very classy and it's a timeless piece but um later on when you want to sell it on um you will actually probably get more money for it and it's actually a better investment considered by some than stocks um but for example for you to even get a Birkin bag in the first place you need to have purchase history with Hermes so I for example could not just walk into the Hermes store and just be like oh yeah can I get a Birkin bag I may have the money for it I may be able to put down like thousands of pounds on the table and be like yeah I want a Birkin bag but they will not sell it to me because I don't have purchase history with them so now imagine I've got this goal of getting a Birkin bag and now I've got to actually build up purchase history and it's really funny because when I was researching why this is randomly this is just like the rabbit holes that I end up going down and one of the girls who commented on this um video I saw of this she said oh well what if I don't like anything from Hermes I don't like any other thing from Hermes apart from the Birkin bags I just want a Birkin bag and I don't like the rest of the Hermes lines and it's like imagine that right so like me for example I I would be lying if I put my hand up and said oh I know so much about Hermes or anything I don't know much um but for you to get a Birkin bag you need to have actually purchased things in the past with them and they build up like a history of it and then you can decide to go and get a Birkin bag and even with that you need to know what you're talking about you can't just go like oh I'm thinking of getting this like you have to know what you're doing because that's very very um 
it's very very high end and it's very rare and it's not for everyone so yeah you have to build up basically purchase history with Hermes for that now the reason why I'm talking about that is because yes you really like Birkin bags and that's like oh my god your ultimate goal but imagine if you don't like anything else from Hermes but just for the sake of getting this bag you're going to start building up purchase history with Hermes and it's like really for what what for like to get this one bag and you're putting yourself through all of this like it's a it's a really weird power conflict but this is what I mean about being happy with less because if I look back to myself the example that I used is of grades and academia I really should think about it and reflect and be like oh well maybe at that time I was um in the wrong mindset because I wasn't happy with less I always wanted more and more in terms of grades the same kind of dialogue can be um attributed to materialistic stuff so you know you're not happy with what you have and you want more and more it's the same thing could be uh, attributed to cars you may not have be happy with the car that you have and you just want the biggest best car no matter how much it'll take to like um maintain it and invest in it and fund it like you don't care like you just want the best car and that's the thing like it, it's not a healthy kind of like um internal dialogue to have with yourself and it's really really hard when you think about it but i think also when you really sit down and think about it recent events kind of make us realize that none of this really matters like sometimes I think to myself randomly I thought to myself the other day that um one of the things that I've really invested in is or like I've really really spent a lot of time and effort and money into is my room um and I always talk about this as an example on the podcast but it's because like I know that's my safe space I know that's like my sanctuary and all of that and I love it it's you know a really pretty place and imagine if one day I was then in like a war-torn area and someone essentially bombed my house it would be destroyed within seconds everything I've worked for everything like I've I've put up or something in my room or I've, I've kind of like uh, placed in my room it's all gone within a matter of seconds and it doesn't even matter because at that time the thing that you're going to be most worried about is the safety of you and the safety of your family members and the safety of the surrounding areas so I think that later on in life and as you get older you really do start to think like none of this matters none of it at all when you go to Saudi Arabia for example to complete um Umrah and you're in Mecca I felt it the most when I was in Mecca and you know you're in front of the um Kaaba and you feel that you feel that essence of the fact that wow nothing really matters in the world like nothing matters like you go there and you feel every single worry despair and anguish every drop of it just fade and you just forget it but as well as forgetting that you also think to yourself wow everything I've worked for essentially was first of all given and provided to me by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and second of all it doesn't matter like all of the materialistic worldly things that we hold don't they do not matter when you go there because when you really sit down and actually reflect upon it you are in front of the Kaaba and you are wearing in the buyer if you're a woman and a hijab that is plain you are not wearing makeup you can't you are not wearing any perfume because that invalidates your um state of ihram for umrah you are um wearing certain shoes you have to be very simplistic in the way you dress the same goes for the men because they literally have one sheet of um like a white towel almost that's wrapped around them they can't even put a belt on it because that invalidates their state of ihram so all of this stuff like it is the purest and simplistic form of living and you will feel that when you go for umrah and that is the um it's essentially like this 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 heightened um reflection of the fact that 
none of this matters again coming down to the bottom of that and the the littlest things in life is what we have to be grateful for and when you come back to it you're like oh wow like it's crazy because you think to yourself oh I can't live without this I can't live this lifestyle without this lifestyle and you go somewhere like like in Saudi and you go you go for Umrah and you're in that moment of Umrah and you're doing Safa Marwa, you're doing all of it, you're doing the Tawaf and stuff and you realise you don't need any of that, you don't need that lifestyle and and that is the most beautiful thing and I think that it's moments like this in reality and in life that tie us to what is actually important and another example would be the genocide that's happening in Palestine right now so watching every single day on our screens seeing the atrocities that are happening in front of us and seeing just how barbaric the acts are towards the Palestinians but more so the way that their entire their entire you know areas and their entire livelihood has been destroyed and watching how it's literally just become a a war-torn area it's become ruins it's literally ruins now and there's there's not many you know habitable places left there and it makes you really really value what you have here and it almost makes you feel guilty for what you have because we're so used to always wanting more always wanting better always wanting bigger that we forget about the people who are less fortunate than us and that is the real sad reality of it but the best place to start with that is always realizing and telling yourself that you don't need to overachieve you really don't need to overachieve and you really don't need to be the best in everything if you want to of course you can do if it provides some sort of benefit to you but you really don't need to overachieve you've got people who um you know go to work essentially and they they work like honestly it's they're they're just a another cog in the machine that's the issue what it is they're just another cog in the machine and they are they are every hour given they think about work every hour that you know is provided and they think about work they'll probably wake up from their sleep and think oh god maybe i can do this for work maybe i can do that for work and at the cost of that what are you sacrificing you're sacrificing the time that you have with your family and the moments you can spend with your family for that now for people like us who are young um like me for example I'm young and I'm not married that could mean um sacrificing the time I can spend with my parents because obviously they are getting older sacrificing the time that I can spend with my uh, brothers and sisters because well I don't have any sisters but you know what I mean um because you know there'll come a time and we're also busy in our own lives and for the sake of work that yes gives me money but is actually just an it's like a matrix um i am sacrificing the the time i could have with my family and friends and we talk about mental health and we talk about well-being and all of that but in reality you know there's not many people who are actually exercising that right because god forbid if you do you're seen as a bad person and then you've got people who perhaps have children and they are working every god-given hour um and they are sacrificing that time that they could spend with their children before you know it they'll be coming home and they'll see those children who were perhaps babies or who were two three years old now actually end up going to um their first day in high school and you think to yourself where did the time go and those children will probably also have an impacted bond with you because of this and then you can also tell yourself and you can feed yourself the narrative of yeah well who else am I working for I'm working for my family what else am I providing you with this house for what else am I trying to build it for the truth is and this is the harsh truth and the honest truth is we have become so accustomed to wanting the best lifestyle to wanting the biggest lifestyle to wanting the best most beautiful house um 
that we will honestly sacrifice anything to get to that and it's a it's a hungry it's it's like a it's a it's a hunger for power that that you you sense with this and when it comes to eventually getting that why don't you stop then because think about it now you've got the most beautiful house you've got the most biggest most expensive range of car um you know you've got the most beautiful clothes um but why don't we stop at that why don't we think right okay i've got what i wanted to i'm gonna now reduce my hours i'm gonna now actually um switch off when i when i when i get out of work my work hours are from nine to five i will not be answering any emails after that i will not be looking at that or anything i will actually take my annual leave i will actually spend the weekends with my family why don't we do that and we don't do it because you've honestly fallen into the trap of the matrix if you honestly believe and i'm being genuinely serious here if you honestly believe that oh my god i'm doing so much good for the community i'm doing so much good for my workplace you're just a number no matter what position you're at, whether you're at the bottom of the chain, where you whether you're at the top of the chain, you are replaceable within within honestly a week, and that is the harsh reality. You're valued for the time that you're there because of how much of your own time you give up, not for the time that they ask you to give up. And then once you go, they will just get someone else to literally replace and fill your shoes. And then if you're using work or something like that to actually damage the relationship or the impact of your bonds with your family, really, you really need to honestly assess what you are doing and 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 whether it's the right choice or mind of frame for your for your life because your time now is the most valuable time with your family and after that like you'll honestly get it you will regret it um me for example one of the examples i can think of with this is i do not answer work-related emails or anything like that anything like that after 5 p.m like if i'm finishing i don't know what time i won't i will try my best not to even answer messages regarding it but you know one thing i hate the most out of everything is first of all i'm not the best texter anyway and the thing that I hate more than that is actually seeing work-related messages or, um, you know, something to do with that after work. Like, I've just left work to come home now and use this few hours that I have before I have to go to sleep to wake up for work again. I'm not going to be answering stuff about work. It doesn't make sense. Like, you need your own time. Like, we again, like I said at the beginning, we talk about mental health, we talk about well-being. What are you actually doing to make sure that you're fulfilling that? It doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, you actually need to think about yourself don't feel guilty for thinking about yourself but yeah that is basically the conversation i wanted to have with you guys today about having to overachieve and whether it's actually a narcissistic relationship that we hold within ourselves and actually whether we can be happy with less because less is sometimes more but i hope that was a bit um, insightful for you guys i want to touch on a few reddit threads before we wrap up because i feel like we've not done many um in the past few episodes but yeah let's get into it Okay, so the first one is titled I, 20 year old female, just got flowers for the first time ever. I live with my boyfriend, he's 22 years old, and every weekend I have long days at work. I work double shifts at a restaurant. So tonight I came home from an 11 hour shift and my boyfriend opens the door for me. We live in an apartment, so he has to unlock the top lock. And when I knocked, I heard crinkling behind the door. I thought he had food and when I opened the door he tried to hide behind it. He likes to play like that. I was going to tease him but before I could finish he came from behind the door and handed me a bouquet of roses. I've never been so speechless. I've never received flowers from anyone but my parents ever. 
and I certainly didn't expect them on a random Saturday night. I'm shedding a couple of tears of joy. This just made my entire night and I don't think I've stopped smiling since I walked through the door. And the smile he had on his face was so cute. Like he was so proud and couldn't wait to see my reaction. I love him so much. Oh, they're so cute. I love that. That is so flipping cute. Honestly, I think like... I just think that, you know, when people, you see a lot of like guys, especially um, comment on like social media being like genuine question. Why do you girls like flowers so much? Like, does it actually bring you happiness? And, you know, why, why do you want flowers and all of that? And I, and I just think that this Reddit post sums it up. Like the genuine happiness that you feel from inside is it's just another feeling especially when you know that it was because someone genuinely thought of you like it's a very thoughtful act you have to um go out of your way to to do that and and you know there's there is the argument of well you know you can get a subscription that um you know you can set up a subscription with the flower company that sends flowers once a month to you know that person's address um, and that is a very inventive way but even that requires effort because you have to think about doing that and you have to actually consider okay cool like this is what I want to do and the reason you even set up that subscription in the first place was because you thought of that person who really really likes flowers and it's it's just that genuine thought like women love flowers it's true like yeah not all women are the same some may not like them that much but the majority of us actually love flowers like it's just a really nice feeling and it's a really nice thought and it does make you happy like every time you see those flowers you feel that sense of warmth inside you and you look at them and you just think oh like this is just so beautiful you actually appreciate their beauty and then you appreciate the person who got them you and it's just a really really nice feeling so I'm really happy for her the only thing I'm thinking is like you guys are living together like so you must know have known each other for a very long time and is this the first time he's ever got you flowers like um you know like maybe he should have gotten you like the first time but no I'm just trying to be like picky there but the fact is like he finally did get her flowers I personally I personally would have said he should have got her them a little earlier but it's the it's the thought at the end of the day and we don't know how long they've been together for to be honest with you but I just wanted to read some of the comments as well and and someone said um oh someone said um that oh I hope he's gonna marry you and she replies saying oh my god I sure hope so I know this is the man I definitely want to spend the rest of my life with the funny thing is I've been thinking about him all day and I was daydreaming during my shift about our wedding someday how cute is that and someone actually had a very good um idea so um, they said how wonderful for you I was taught that the person you love should always have a vase with flowers in their house I have always bought my girlfriend flowers every three or so weeks it's really easy to line up with important events too 20 to 40 dollars every few weeks is a small price to pay to remind someone you are thinking of them plus when they look at them they think of you very fondly that is actually so so true because um, this is actually something that I think I don't know if boys actually know this but flowers actually can last you a long time so typically if I buy flowers um and you know because like for example like taking care of them really really well can actually make them last for about two to three weeks and I'm talking about the flowers that I get from like 
even like somewhere like Tesco or I've actually got flowers from Lidl before and they've lasted me two weeks because I know how to take care of them so if you actually get flowers that are like from a a florist perhaps or even from a company they're gonna last a lot lot longer but I mean it's not about the money it's more about the thought so you can easily go to Tesco and like grab like three bunches of um roses right and I think in Tesco a bunch of roses is about three pounds so that's nine pounds and then you can bring them home and you can actually wrap them yourself so you can buy like brown wrapping paper which costs I want to say about one pound something from the card factory see look at me plugging everyone on this okay so um yeah so you can like do that and just wrap them yourself and and then some people might be like oh well I don't know how to wrap them well actually there's a lot of tutorials on TikTok that literally take less than I don't even know I've tried it before myself and it's not taken me very long to wrap these flowers it's actually very very easy and um, if you wanted to be a bit more creative you can get a ribbon and you can put it on the bottom or something like that but the point stands it's not a very expensive thing to do but the outcome of it makes that other person feel so appreciated and so valued yet at the same time whenever they see those flowers they're gonna be thinking of you very fondly and then it's just a very positive healthy aspect to a relationship and it's not even to be fair with relationships this is an example of a relationship but you know even if you were to get flowers for your mum or for your um you know family members or something I feel I just think they're just some of the most beautiful um it is one of the most beautiful ideas I personally think you can execute and I think it's just really really cute but yeah I actually saw oh this is actually such a good idea to bring this up so there was this man who was doing a podcast episode now don't ask me the podcast don't ask me the name of the man I have no clue it was just a snippet that I saw on TikTok and he was talking to a guy and he goes that I think it was with his wife or his fiance's girl I can't remember but he basically said that whenever he buys her flowers he actually takes one of the stems out so he takes one of the small uh, smaller flowers out that doesn't even make sense grammatically more smaller but he takes one of the smaller flowers out and he keeps it and he gives the bunch to her he gives the bouquet to her and then he puts that like stem in like a cup of water or something and he he keeps track of how long it takes to to um die and then he's got a good indicator of when her flowers have died so then when he sees that little flower dying or if it's fully died he's like okay cool like now i need to go buy her some more flowers to replace that and he did this all the time and he was like yeah like i've never really told her that i i do this but if she's listening to this she probably knows now and i just thought oh my god like if he wanted to he would so just remember that guys um but yes the some of the standards out there are very high and i just think that's just such a beautiful beautiful addition to it so i'm actually quite happy whenever we come across like a good reddit thread because some of them are just way way too cute um but yeah so um i'm going to read the other one now Um, i don't think it's very very good to be fair um but let's have a look at it so the next one is titled am i the idiot for telling my 20 year old female fiance that uh, that doesn't make sense no am i the idiot for telling my fiance who's a 24 year old male that he needs to stop ridiculing my degree and the girl who's written this is 20 years old herself so 
let's have a look hi everybody i and my fiance will be getting married next year in the summer and i'm very much looking forward to this we have our issues but then again which couple doesn't right however lately he has been ridiculing my studies and the degree i'm getting i'm studying in the netherlands and he lives in denmark so we will close the distance next year after the wedding I'm currently in my last year of the bachelor's degree in biomedical sciences. I would argue, but of course I'm biased, that this is a very intensive study and requires a lot of time and effort. Sometimes when I complain about this, he says that my degree doesn't matter and that I would be better off quitting anyway. The reason why he says this is because he, we would like to have a marriage with more traditional gender roles once we are married. So he will earn the money and I will become a stay-at-home mother. I don't have a problem with this, but I would like to have a degree to fall back on during tough times. Whenever I try to make this argument, he shuts it down immediately and claims that I would be better off just quitting my studies and becoming a housewife already, since once we are married, I will never use my degree anyway. I would not mind working, for example, two times a week, but he is strongly opposed to this as he claims that it would interfere with my tasks and chores in our marriage. He is currently still in carpentry school, which consists of him having several months of work followed by weeks of school, both of which he gets paid for. Not only does he dismiss the difficult difficulty of my degree, but he also complains that the work he is doing is much harder. I can't disagree with him because physically speaking, it is definitely much more intensive, but I would like for him to acknowledge that my degree is also time consuming and difficult. Recently, he made a joke about what a waste of time it was, me getting my degree when I should be in Denmark and making him dinner instead since that would be more fulfilling for both him and me. I know I should not let these harmless jokes get under my skin, but I lashed out at him and told him he needed to stop ridiculing my academic, academic achievements and dismissing all of it so easily, since it might come in handy at some point in the future. He then quite seriously told me again that I shouldn't take everything so personally and that he was speaking the truth, since I will not use my degree once we are married, so it is a waste of time and money. Then, somehow, he spun it around and told me that I was not appreciative enough of him wanting to provide for me and our future family and that if I wanted to be a girl boss, I would be free to do so on my own. So now I'm wondering if I did make a mistake by telling him to stop ridiculing my degree and if I somehow hurt him by appearing ungrateful. So, am I the idiot? Damn, I'll tell you what you are an idiot for is to want to marry that man because he ain't your man. That is not... <clears throat> yeah you know what he is he's jealous of you that's what he is he is jealous of you there is a theory um that exists where men who put women down for their achievements um whether that's academic whether that's financial whether that's their work kind of stuff um they put them down out of jealousy and because they cannot achieve the same so if they can't achieve it they don't want to see you achieving it now this does not go for all men of course it goes for some and men do not like to see other women or certain women doing better than themselves and what they will do then to combat that is basically put them down or ridicule them and there is a fantastic um example of this that I do want to find and I'm going to try and find it now for you just to show you what I mean when I'm talking about this and deep down by the way when they do this type of behavior it might cause a resentment resentment sorry for you um within them and I came across this quite a while ago but I have actually experienced this myself um, and it will come through many forms of for example if it's a work colleague 
um who's made a joke in the past um i remember i used to work at a place where um it was god so i was working there full time but this was just after my degree i'm not going to say where it was um and i was the i want to say i alongside another girl were the only two degree holders in that entire um team and the second one by the way she i think she was either close to finishing her degree or had got her degree i'm not entirely aware and um, whereas the others they they didn't have degrees and in specifics there was one man and i wouldn't say he was a man he was the same age to be fair and i was quite young back then but um he was just horrible he was horrible about it he would bring it up himself when we all had a conversation about what we were doing with our lives and stuff you know it came up and i remember like no tomorrow like this man in particular absolutely mocked us for it like he just mocked us and i remember thinking wow like and he would bring it up in the sense of a degree is worthless it's it's um, a waste of money you don't need it especially as women oh i couldn't imagine doing a degree as a man you're not even gonna need that degree like look at you <laughs> you've just spent 27k on it you're in debt now like all of that type of stuff constant 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 jokes and stuff and i'm not gonna lie to you and i really don't like saying this about a lot of people but you can see it from a mile away this man had nothing going for him like absolutely nothing like if there was nothing at this top he was below that like it was a really weird dynamic to see considering the fact and this is gonna be the shocking part considering the fact that the other girl who was studying for her degree or i think had almost got her degree was his girlfriend okay so yeah that's that's what i'm saying uh but yeah i just want you guys to listen to this because this literally says it all terrifying about men i'm only now just learning about men i mean insecure men will date a girl that they already know is out of their league and be so jealous over it that he will try to ruin her life i'll explain a lot of times men will see your worth and your potential way before you do and if they see a glimmer of something in you something that they themselves are lacking in the opportunities you have maybe you're really ambitious you have a sweet personality it can even just be your aura if you're one of those girls and you walk in a room and you're magnetic and you get attention <laughs> babe they hate it so when they see all that in you they are going to try to crush all of it they will try to ruin your confidence keep trying to diminish all of your achievements they will keep trying to humble you especially if there's an audience they'll just do anything try and minimize you and bring you down because taking you down a couple pegs is the only way he can make himself feel like he's equal to you or above you one sec i need to fix this blush but if you've ever dated a guy and wondered why he was treating you bad and you didn't deserve it he's probably just mad jealous of you girl i feel like this is definitely what was happening to me in my last situation and my dumb ass didn't even realize so i was modeling the time that i was seeing this guy and it's so weird i feel like this guy liked the validation of being able to say to his homeboys he was with a model meanwhile on the low I mean, like he almost resented me for it i mean like he would bring up other girls from my agency just trying to minimize my career for no reason i'm not even joking sometimes this guy would try and compare and compete with me on how much money we were making this guy would tell me how much money he'd made unprovoked by the way he didn't ask then he'd be like well how much money did you make then i bet you didn't make that much first of all you are a white male with all that privilege you got i would kind of hope you were making more than me and also why is it a competition so weird so when my tiktok had first started growing i never ever mentioned it he had looked me up or whatever and found my account and literally offering he got so weird about it out of nowhere he was like I just hate girls that are obsessed with likes and followers my ex never had any social media 
Okay. I used to do like impressions of me, make fun of my videos. One time out of nowhere, he was like, what do you think you're sick? Cause you've got 50K followers. Um, no, I don't think I'm sick. Cause I've got 50K. You think I'm sick. Cause I've got 50K. Cause I don't be bringing it up. You do. I feel like he just didn't like the fact that I had something cool going for myself, but obviously he just had to tear it down. Fast forward to when I started dating somebody new, when this guy found out about my TikTok, I was like, right, I can help you do a content plan if you want. Guy got me filming equipment, was sending me the contact for brands he thought I'd be good to collab with. Now that's what I'm talking about. Anyway, moral of the story, a guy that is secure in himself and in what he has going on, he's gonna move accordingly. A secure guy is gonna be thrilled at the thought of you doing well, not threatened by it. Apologies for like the weird kind of like sound and the lack of sound perhaps, but that, I still don't know how to like add sound into a podcast like that's how bad I am uh, but anyways that is what I was just basically trying to say so when I read this story it very much reminded me of this TikTok and for the record I don't I don't disagree with what she's saying now you have to pay attention to it though because right at the end she talks about how you know now she's with this um with her current man and he's honestly like a really great guy and he's you know helped her out so much with it and he doesn't put her down he in fact tries to help boost her up and stuff and it comes back to that thing of secure um men and and the concept of insecurities if a man is secure within himself and what he does he will not find a need to drag you down and he will not feel jealous of what you have but if he is insecure within himself he's going to find a need to drag you down looking back at that girl's story on reddit and she started off with saying like you know i personally think like it's quite intense it is intense i would know i did that degree but at the same time it's a really horrible feeling when people try to drag you down i remember when i actually first um started studying biomedicine and and I was like you know fresh in university it was like my first month and I remember my mum some some auntie asked my mum um <laughs> this actually just comes down to another thing right this is very similar to this um an auntie I had asked my mum that we knew very 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 well who um for the record it's just important she does not have an education she's an English-speaking woman but obviously she's a Pakistani woman and um she didn't have a degree she didn't even have high school education and she basically had like a, a really really rich husband and um she asked my mum like oh like what's Kaina doing now like uh what she's studying at uni so my mum was like oh she's doing biomedicine and the first thing the first thing this woman turned around and said was oh what can you do with that you can't even do anything with that there's actually no jobs with biomedicine like there's people out there struggling to get a degree in the biomedical science field so my mum literally just looked at her and she was like i didn't even get to finish like this woman literally was just tearing me down and i wasn't even there like and i remember my mum telling me telling me about this and i just started laughing and i just thought to myself like it's first of all it's got nothing to do with you what i choose to do and what i choose not to do but second of all damn like the first thing that came in my head was she's jealous like literally the first thing that came in my head was that this is not this is not like coming from the fact of like oh biomedicine has no jobs it was actually coming from far within this was like a deep subconscious thing and i really couldn't figure it out but um later on I did obviously and that was essentially what it was and I can only say that because this was a recurrent pattern throughout the years um and you know we had multiple um like 
situations with this woman not in like a negative way we just had conversations with women and oh god the things that she would bring up and then compare me to her daughter that's when I realized I was like oh okay this is actually this is actually something else um but yeah so you need to be very good at analyzing and assessing when someone is jealous for you and jealous because of you and sometimes that would be someone a lot closer to you than you think including perhaps the man that you are about to marry like this girl's example so I would not say that she's the idiot for um saying what she said when she actually put him back in his place and that's the that's the crazy thing as well when she actually sat him down and said look you need to stop ridiculing me what I find really sad is she's um she's like literally communicating how she feels and how she's made to be felt um in these situations by him and she's trying to communicate that to him and he just shuts her down and he just makes her feel absolutely rubbish for it um and I think that's just really sad um but yeah like I just think um eventually like she really needs to see and wake up and taste the coffee because that man does not want the best for you he is jealous of you honey and just to say like for the record I don't think there's anything wrong with being a stay-at-home mother like if anything I think it's a very valuable thing and I mean if someone said that to me like okay but like there's no need to be like oh well it doesn't matter what you do at university because you're going to be a housewife at the end of the day there's no need to absolutely make feel make someone feel horrible for it like the two don't need to be compared the two are worthy in their own fields I just don't understand why it has to be a competition for everything and then also to compare it to his carpentry school like there's really no need it's not compare it's literally not comparable you are in carpentry school she is in stem like they are literally two totally different things but you know men will be men so yeah that's my take on it um but yeah anyways guys i'm gonna end the episode here i don't know how every single week i end up doing an episode over an hour but you know what all of you are always saying that episodes need to be way longer so i'm trying not to complain about that but i really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode i hope that it was invigorating i hope that it was um a great solid conversation and i hope those reddit threads were quite interesting because i actually really liked them um but yeah i really hope that you guys enjoyed it please make sure to um like i said leave a review leave a rating on apple podcasts and spotify please also uh, make sure to follow the instagram and the tiktok at the word affairs and i will see you next week inshallah for another episode but until then take care